This podcast, Sports Beat After Hours, discusses adult themes. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. Meow. I already did that one, but I couldn't think of what to do after that. I am your host, Hemahimuli Jr. Joining me as always is the digital deacon himself, Sean Philip Seymour Hoffman Walker. Ricky Rubio would be very proud of your meow skills, um, but also... Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Of course. And uh, also joining us is the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. Uh, what's up, guys? Um, funny story. So Rod Zundel, KSL Sports Anchor, called me on the, the way in today. The man, the myth, the, the legend. The man, the myth, the legend. Called me on my way in today, and I said, uh, hello. And he's like, you sound like a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, sometimes it comes out. Every once in a while. It was pretty funny, though. We had a good laugh about you, it. You said, well, I am a Canadian, so I guess that's good. Um, also, quickly before we start, quick shout out to our man, uh, Dave Colley, from the uh, Cold Podcast that uh, did not actually... Oh, for that intro. For that intro. That intro. Yeah, was thanks, it him? Yeah, big thanks to Dave for uh, putting together an intro for us. Maybe you guys can sort out the clues uh, and find out. If anybody's listening to this, go ahead and tweet him. Don't mention us at all. But go ahead, just tweet him thank you. Just the words thank just you. thank you. Yeah, just two words. Thank He's just going to think it's about cold. At uh, Asher Gray is his Twitter <laughs> handle. Asher, I think it's G-R-E-Y, I believe. Yeah, Asher Gray is his Twitter handle. You probably know him by now. but So, yeah, so if, anybody's, if anybody listens to this, tweet Dave Colley at Asher Gray. Thank you. I love it. Um, but the reason that we're here today uh, is we have an emergency podcast for reserves were announced no breaking news some breaking news and two jazz men who had potential to make it were left off the list rudy gobert no 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 let's do the dikembe matumbo no 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 <laughs> he's not getting in this year and neither is donovan mitchell wah, wah. let's say the vivant smart home security did a really good job protecting that uh <laughs> West League, West uh, West Conference All-Star roster. Yeah, definitely a fail. Definitely yeah. a fail. Definitely a fail. Um, I thought Rudy was going to get in, guys. What about you? I thought at least Donovan would get in. Okay, so I know. Donovan over Rudy? Yeah, I picked Donovan over Rudy. I did think they both had an equal chance of getting in, which was slim. But uh, I honestly thought that another guard would want to would be getting into this thing, but I guess not. I mean, well, they did have plenty of guards, but not any of ours. Yeah, and and here's here's the thing: is like merits wise, statistically, uh, number wise, like Rudy probably should have been in. I mean, he ranks eighth of the game in impact potential according to NBA.com, ninth in ESPN's real plus minus. Like, like his effect on a game is is ridiculous. Like, it's incredible. Um, but it. A big part of that effect 
is that he he affects things on the non-sexy end of the court, i.e. defensively, um, and that sort of thing. And all-star games aren't really about defense. So, like, that's where I kind of got hung up. Like, well, is he really going to make it? Maybe he won't. Like, he he just, he's not, he's not overly exciting, for lack of a better term. Um, nobody, like, nobody even wants to watch block shots in an all-star game. Um, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> am I surprised? Not really. Am I still a little bit upset? Yeah, probably. But I'm not necessarily surprised. Well, one thing that's surprising to me is... We're seeing the third year in a row that the Jazz are likely a playoff team. Um, no guarantees, of course, this year, but on track to be uh, a playoff team. Second year in a row that they haven't had a representative in the All-Star game, though, um, which is, that's what's surprising to me is that there's someone being left off on a team that's contending and winning games in the playoffs, advancing to the next round, um, and the impact that Rudy has. I thought that, okay, he's not going to get the fan vote because, one, Salt Lake's a small market. Two, um, fans around the league aren't going to like him because, aren't going to vote for him because he's not sexy. Because, like Sean said, he doesn't have that sexy factor. He doesn't have that sexy factor. Besides on, on his the, French the, accent. Well, yeah, yeah. On the basketball um, court. But, on the basketball court. But, he's a good looking dude. Like, well, I, I think we he, could say he has that his accent our, going yeah. for him more than anything. Yeah, I mean, we could say that on the After Hours podcast. Like, Rudy Gobert is a very good looking dude. Right? Rudy's hot. I, I'll be the first to say it. All right, Rudy's hot. Go. Rudy, you're an all-star in our book. So is Ricky Rubio uh, for talking. Hopefully Norma's not listening. Appeal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I I thought that he would make it in on the player vote and the coaches vote because the players and coaches game plan for him. They go up against him. They know what it's like to face Rudy Gobert, and I thought they would have an understanding and appreciation of what he impacts on the court and maybe put him in. I was wrong. Um. The other centers, front court players that got in are definitely all deserving. I think that Don, I think that Rudy's a little bit more deserving than Lamarcus Allridge at this point, um, but I'm I don't have a say, so uh, well, I think he was snubbed. That's that's my I mean that that's my other real question that I wanted to get to, and maybe Hema can answer this question for me because uh, now we know Zach's opinion. But if you look at the NBA All Star reserves, um. I'll just run through the list really quick from the Western Conference because the East doesn't matter. Uh, who? My question is, who do you take out in favor of Rudy Gobert? And that's uh, Anthony Davis of the Pellies, LaMarcus Aldridge from the Spurs, Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets. We spent a lot of time last week talking about him. Uh, Damian Lillard, uh, Clay Thompson, the man Carl Anthony Towns himself, and uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, who do you take off from that list? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hard – it's I rough. Mean, yeah. Like, I mean, we all know, like, the West is stacked, and, you know, maybe maybe KAT, like, I don't know. Marcus Aldridge, you made a strong case, Zach, and I kind of agree with that. Like, If if anybody's off this list, it's maybe LaMarcus. Yeah. I'd say Cat maybe is my other choice. Those are the two guys that I think that Rudy – but, again, at the same time, like, Cat's kind of a sexy player because – of what the impact that he has on the offensive side of the game. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it that needs to now go if, in. If the Jazz are in the Eastern Conference, I mean, Rudy Gobert is in over Chris Middleton. Oh, absolutely. Right? He's in over uh, Blake, Blake Griffin. The Jazz have maybe the Jazz have two representatives <laughs> I mean, in the All-Star game if they're in the Eastern Conference, maybe three. And that's why I think 
and this is out of left field at this point because we haven't suggested it before. Why is it dictated by conference? The oh. the game is no longer split up. The All Star game is no longer split up by conferences. They're Eastern and Western Conference player teams playing on the same team. Just get the best twenty four players in the team. The All NBA teams aren't Eastern Western Conference. It's All NBA. So why not make do the exact same thing for the All-Star game and get yep. the best 24 players representing the game that have the biggest brand? Who cares about uh, Vucevic or um, Chris Middleton or, uh, you know, any any of these guys that made it in on the Eastern roster? I mean— A guy like Donovan different, Mitchell— Different situation, but— Right. Is, is Kyle Lowry really that much of an All-Star? No. I mean— so, like, one of my reasons why I thought Donovan was going to get in was because, like, obviously... It's the it's branding. A, it's branding. It's, it's sexiness. Donovan has a shoe. Like, you think about all the people that have shoes, those are the brand names. Those are the flashy guys. Those are the ones that people want to go see. So, it's just surprising that, like, even Donnie didn't make it. Matt Harpering had a good point on the Jazz broadcast yesterday that comparing Donovan's second year to Damian Lillard's second year where Dame was named an all-star Donovan's averaging two more points a game than him um, shooting better than him uh, his numbers are significantly better um, but Dame's playing the Western Conference wasn't as stacked I mean you have LeBron James in the Western Conference now um, it's just it's it's a more uh, I mean, other guys that got snubs. Uh, you look at um, uh, Luka Don- Doncic. Oh, yeah, Doncic. Yeah, he should have made it in, in my opinion. Um, I thought what yeah. he's done. That's uh, fair. I mean, not to be totally like non-jazz centric because yeah. that's the yeah. podcast. But yeah, I mean, there are a lot of snubs from the West. Is true. Yeah, I I think that um, I think that Luka probably deserves to get in over again. Uh, uh. Cat and Lamarcus Allridge. That's just my opinion, though. Um, my it doesn't matter. Uh, I can complain all I want. It's not going to impact a, a thing. So, yeah. um, if you're really that upset, you can tweet to Zach Hicken's burner account at JJ Sportsbeat. <laughs> yes, please do that. Um, but uh, one snub that we're not seeing on the court this year is uh, the Gonzaga men's basketball team. The Gonzaga Bulldogs are in town this week to face the BYU Cougars. Um, looking to win their fourth straight, fifth straight game against BYU. Um, BYU hasn't beat Gonzaga since 2017. So uh, it'll be interesting that game's going on tonight at 9 o'clock. It'll be interesting to see how BYU reacts because they always play Gonzaga well, but this is probably the worst BYU team that we've seen in the WCC era. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, numerically, according to Ken Palm and whatnot, I feel like this BYU team is starting to figure themselves out a little bit right Gavin now. Gavin Baxter has been a big help. Yeah, Gavin Baxter has helped. Connor Harding's finding a shot. Um, certainly, I mean, Yuli Childs has been absolutely stupendous in so many different ways. Um, and so that definitely helps. But, Zachary Hicken, this BYU basketball team does not have a certain celebrity on the court. And uh, I'd like to give a special shout-out to the fine folks at BYU TV fun for unearthing the investigative journalism that is uh, Gonzaga guard Josh Perkins' alter ego. Chris Brown, oh, really? For you? For me? Yeah, yeah oh, for me. you. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> 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 just stick with that. We'll just kind of. 
Oh, we gotta get this creative juices flowing. Yeah. yeah. Chris Brown. <laughs> How come Chris Brown? It's just been like my favorite, you know, musician, uh -huh. favorite artist. Cool. Tattoos, crazy hair. There you go. Live life, live life on the edge a little bit. You sing? Uh, apparently Josh Perkins woke up yeah. Chris Breezy. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm the man. I can sing, I can, I can dance, and he can ball on the court. Uh, no. He's good. He's good. <laughs> like, he's, he's really good. Like, let's get that out of the way. I mean, he's he's really good. But uh, shout out to our mutual friend and acquaintance, uh, Lauren Frankham, for unearthing that piece of investigative journalism. Um, I loved it. I personally loved it, but yeah. No, that's good stuff. You're, um, you're, looking I think, at me, you're looking at me funny there. Well, right? I'm just saying, <laughs> Josh Perkins doesn't come across to me as Chris Brown. Um, Maybe you woke up in Chris Brown. I can't finish. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, it's Freaky Friday. Um, Freaky Friday. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get Chris Brown balling on the court instead of Josh Perkins. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I just... If I'm previewing this game, um, I think BYU has a good home court advantage this year. Um, I don't know that they have the horses to keep up with Gonzaga this year. Um, between Ryu Hachimura. Um, Rui is really good. Yeah. He's uh, really good. Uh, you have, which I don't know if it's Rui or Ryu. I have a guy that served his mission in Japan that says that even though it's R-U-I, it's pronounced Ryu. So, oh, it's probably, it's probably pronounced completely different from the yeah. Anglo pronunciation, uh, but the the Anglo pronunciation is, is Rui. Rui, yeah. Rui Hachimura. Uh, so they're like they're a chance in the Gonzaga student section of Rui. I like that. So I mean, he's a baller. Got, like you kind of got to roll with it. Yeah, now, Perkins right? is a baller. Um, I mean, they, they just have so many weapons. Um, on this team, uh, it's hard. But again, at the same time, like like you said, BYU is starting to kind of find its own. Um, so hopefully they can uh, uh, get that taken care of. We'll see though. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the game? Uh, no, I mean, I think, I think Rui is a beast. I think, uh, um, I think Bradley, their center is really, really good. Uh, so post play could dictate this, but I, I do think, and we joke about Josh Perkins and how he may or may not look like Chris Brown there. Uh, but I think everything runs through this kid and that's kind of why he gets sort of the jokes of like. Oh, look at the hair, or look yeah. at the personality, the Instagram following, whatever it is. Um, but he's really good. And I, I think a lot of this Gonzaga team almost secretly runs through him a lot mm -hmm. of times because you see the balls that are fed into the post and then what, like, what Rui can do finishing around the rim um, and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, what what guys like Kisper can do, shooting the ball. Um, but it's really Josh Perkins who's setting all of this stuff up. If BYU can find a way to disrupt him uh, at the point of attack, and that's where I think somebody like a McKay Cannon or maybe Jasheer Hardnett, who is going to be back. Yeah, Jasheer's playing. Yeah, he's going to be back. We don't know how long, but he's going to be back. Um, I think that could be something to watch out for, certainly. That that could be pretty massive in kind of how this game goes. Vegas has this game um, at uh, – it opened at Gonzaga minus 14, so 14-point 14 favorite. I don't think the Lions really moved much or significantly since then. That feels like a lot of points to me. Mm-hmm. Especially like, with BYU at home. Yeah, that, that feels like a whole lot of points. I might like BYU to cover that. I, If uh, this was a gambling podcast, I'd tell you guys to put BYU uh, to cover. Yeah. Um, so if anybody's listening to this in Las Vegas uh, over the next couple, what, four hours before the game tips off, um, that is that is how we feel. <laughs> yeah, so Sean will be there. I'll be there. 
Also, Tom Hummel will be there, which, funny story, me and Sean and Tom were actually all in the same room yesterday we were. Uh, for Tom's uh, semi-annual uh, State of the Athletic Department address. Um, among uh, topics covered were uh, the ESPN contract, BYU's future bowl tie-ins, which actually we learned yesterday um, tie into the ESPN contract, um, and uh what he thinks about these late tips for and late kickoffs for both football and basketball. Um, and uh, as well as uh, Kalani Sitake's contract, which has kind of come up a little bit. Um, a couple columnists have written about it. and Yeah, it's it's a story, even though maybe it shouldn't be a story. I don't know. Let's let Tom explain. Yeah, let's have bit. Tom explain that. I really, I think people are creating something that they're asking questions where we just typically – uh, historically, I've been here 14 years, if you go back and look at the way we've done it, is we have a kind of a plan, a process that we go through, and he's, this isn't his last year, and we've rarely gone into the last year of a contract, and it's not his last year. So he has uh, more than one year left on his contract. I've spoken with Kalani before it even came up, just to make sure we talk all the time. I don't know, I can't say we talk every day, but it's my attempt to talk every day. We talk about all kinds of things. So I know exactly where he stands. He knows exactly where I stand. And we don't really, we, we don't talk about it. It externally might have forced the issue where I've gone to him and looked him in the eye and said, how you doing, brother? And he goes, I'm doing fine. And I'm saying, look great, let's play ball. So it's, it's a, I think it's a situation that is created outside, and I, I understand the reasons, but it's not an issue. Non-issue, according to Tom Holmo. Yeah, non-issue. Uh, so, uh, we'll see um, Kalani on the sideline for years to come, and uh, I think, I mean, part of it was because that wasn't officially announced before, but, yeah, I mean, well, it so, makes sense so what, what I, Tom what said. So, what I understand, and I spoke with uh, Dick Harmon of the Deseret News about this. He kind of clarified it for me. So, shout out to Dick. Um uh, he he told me that that Kalani's initial assessment, initial contract, could have put him up to where he was going into his final year, uh, this year in 2019, but he had a clause that was essentially an option year, um, that was automatically triggered as long as in one of his first three seasons he won nine games, and so he won nine games in that first year. Okay, that was Taysom Hill senior year, Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. San Diego Poinsettia Bowl all that. And by winning those nine games, he basically automatically triggered this cause that kind of gave him that filled out that option year. So now he does have uh, two full years left. And and a big reason why this is such an issue, even with two years left, you know, you might around college football, it's maybe common to kind of start in, slowly engaging in negotiations and that kind of thing to renew the contract. Um, and, and that's entirely for recruiting, for recruiting purposes, because kids want to know, hey, is my coach going to be there uh, during my entire collegiate tenure? And we see that as an issue all the time. I mean, USC just barely had a kid, uh, a commit who signed. He was enrolled to school. Yeah, yeah he signed and enrolled in the early, early signing period uh, in Brew McCoy, but it was entirely because he wanted to play for Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury took the job two weeks later with the Arizona Cardinals, so he's gone. USC, fortunately, did the right thing, I guess you can say. They completely released him from all obligations, and he's now at Texas. 
So for recruiting purposes, you want to see coaches that have some length, that have some continuity. Um, but I can tell you this, and I've talked to a lot of reporters and a lot of different recruits about this. There's not that issue with BYU recruiting right now. I mean, it's just not something the kids are bringing up. There are a lot of other issues, but that's not one. Yeah, I mean, there, sure, there, there are issues. Like, every school has issues. BYU certainly has its fair share of issues. But that's not one of them. And a big reason why for that is Kalani and his staff right now are going after kids um, – for better or for worse, for a lot of reasons, some good, some not so good, but they're going after a lot of kids that are just BYU kids that want to go to BYU. Um, and a lot of times that doesn't really matter who the coach is or what kind of system they're running or whatever. They just they want to play at BYU. Something that they really should have been doing for years that they dropped the ball on. They yeah, they got have. they got away from it for a while. As Hema's wearing Stanford gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's they, a that's a, a story for another pod. We're still, I, my family's still sore about shout out this to, whole thing. Shout out to Houston, <laughs> love um, you, Houston, Turbo Tongan. Um, I'm just gonna trust Tom's judgment on this. He's been there for 14 years. He has experience. He's a guy that has experience at the collegiate yeah. level. He has experience at the NFL level. He even has four Super Bowl rings. Which, hey, speaking of the Super Somehow. Bowl, it's uh, this weekend. Segway, and that's what you call a segway. Brought to you by Se- Local ties. We got uh, Kyle Van Oy, linebacker for the New England Patriots, facing JoJo Natson, special teamster for the Los Angeles Rams. We got LA versus New England. Uh, part, I don't know how many, two of the greatest sports cities in uh the United States. Uh, so here's a wild stat for you. I read this on Twitter, and you can trust anything on Twitter. Absolutely. So I'm going to repeat it right now. But it came from an L.A. Times sports columnist, so I'm going to trust it. Uh, apparently, this is the first time in the history of the NFL that the Super Bowl is between two cities that also faced each other in another one of the major four sports championships. Are we talking about the NHL? Uh, Kings Bruins. It was, it was L.A. and <laughs> no. I mean, it was L.A. and Boston. I, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Celtics, Lakers, oh. uh, Red Sox. Sorry, Dodgers. It does this <laughs> earlier this year. Yeah, that's true. My bad. Um, it's, uh, it's so hard because like, freaking L.A. has like two him teams is, and him everything. Him is not a baseball guy. It's fine. I'm not a baseball. He's guy. not a baseball guy. But I do watch basketball, and I should have said Lakers, Celtics. So eh. that's on me. Eh. It's and, just like, uh, yeah. And it's in Atlanta, naturally. Yeah. Because With Maroon I, 5 performing at halftime. Ugh. Um, all right, let's do a couple of prop bets on the Super Bowl before we get into official picks. Okay. And then we'll and then we'll get out of here, okay? Gosh. Um, prop bets. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you uh two and a half flubs or like omitted words, that kind of thing, by Super Bowl national anthem singer sister Gladys Knight. That's under. Under? Yeah. Under two and a half? Gladys Knight's wonderful. I agree. I, I, I totally agree, but final Are you answer? disparaging Gladys Knight? I would never <laughs> disparage Sister Knight. Okay. Never, ever. Um, Well. Under two and a half, I like it. Hema? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with. Go with the under? Okay. Um, Over under uh, five and a half songs in Maroon 5's halftime set. Total. Five and a half songs, but it's it's going to be a mashup. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, yeah. It's going to have over because they have they have some guests that they've announced. So I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm going to go over. Over five and a half. 
Yeah, because so Bruno the, Mars had like six. Well, yeah, I mean, the average for the last couple of years has been like four to seven somewhere yeah. in there. So that's why I say five and a half, kind of right in the middle. I'm going to say over. Over? Yeah. I'm going to go under. Okay. You're, I think. You're, you think they're going to play like a whole song? I think I think Maroon 5 is going to have like two songs, and then they're going to bring in like. I don't know. Who Wait, so are you saying songs performed by Maroon Five or songs um, during during their set? So total, yeah, yeah. for the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, during, during I'm going over during, four and during a half. Maroon Five set. So like from the time Maroon Five gets to the stage to the time they get off. Yeah, okay. I think easily over. Yeah, over. I think they're gonna go light. Okay, what's really what's your last prop? Then? Um, all right, I gotta come up with something. Um, I'm gonna come. Up, I gotta come up with something kind of on the field. I think over under. Ooh. How many times does Sean McVay fix his hair? <laughs> uh, over and under uh, three times. Oh, three way, way over. Yeah, way that's over. way over. <laughs> way, I mean, that might be the first quarter alone. Come on now. That's true. That might be. Uh, over under seven and a half pairs of khakis on the L.A. sideline. Oh, oh. that's way over. Yeah, it's it's going to be 11 or 12. Um, Okay. This isn't really an over under, but. Um, is Belichick wearing sleeves or no sleeves? No uh, sleeves. It's, it's in Atlanta. It's an in well, but it's an indoor stadium, which means air conditioning. Uh, his assistant coaches like to wear sleeves a lot. He's I don't know. He hasn't got no sleeves in a couple years. I'm gonna go sleeves. No sleeves. I'm gonna go sleeves. All right. Okay. Uh. All right. Let's opening coin flip heads or tails. I'm gonna go tails. Heads. Oh, always tells, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's go heads. Heads. Let's go opposite. Okay. Um. And then who do you guys have winning? I'm gonna go New England. Yeah. New England. I'm guess. I'm gonna say like by two scores. Ooh. Ooh. Big. Ooh. Okay. Um. Gosh, because LA actually opened as a favorite in this one. I think they were like a minus two or something like that, and then the line swung all the way to Pats by a field goal. I think it's come down a little bit since then. I like New England here. Um, I think I'll probably go with New England. And are we assuming Tom Brady, hashtag the GOAT, for a Super Bowl MVP or other? Yeah, Tom Brady is going to slice and dice uh, just like a uh, someone else that people got re-familiarized with this weekend. Brother Bundy, Ted Bundy. <laughs> He uh, sliced and diced his way across the United States, oh starting in the Pacific Northwest, heading down to sunny Florida. That's one hell of a segue, but I didn't see it coming. So <laughs> you could even say that I was a victim of your Ted Bundy segue. <laughs> Victimized. Uh, no, uh, we're for our entertainment minute today, we're going to talk Ted Bundy, the new Ted Bundy Files documentary. Um which we're also and by we we mean you because I think you're the only one in this podcast booth who has seen. Well, that have you guys seen the new trailer for the Zac Efron yeah. movie star? Well, the Ted Bundy movie starring Zac Efron, extremely vile, yeah, something whatever, wicked, incredibly wicked. By the way, Zac Efron's too handsome to be Ted Bundy. Dude, Ted Bundy's handsome. But Ted, Ted Bundy's like normal dude handsome. Zach Efron is, You've I have listen- 24 six-packs. You've been listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, haven't you? Uh-uh. Okay, so Bill Simmons says that Ted Bundy is serial killer handsome, not handsome handsome. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, is I always thought that it was weird that people said Ted Bundy was handsome. But after watching the documentary, he has so many faces. I think overall he's a, a, a fairly handsome guy. 
especially in the context of the 70s where people weren't regularly getting their teeth fixed. Um, not necessarily because <laughs> it, it makes sense after you see it. They take molds of his teeth and his teeth are kind of jacked up. Yeah. Um, but like grooming wasn't necessarily like super important. Like hair was, but like eyebrows were on fleek. So, um, I think like in context of like, I think Zac Efron is going to portray Ted Bundy very accurately. Um, it's just, it's a very, it's such a, a crazy story. Because and I there I learned a lot and I've I knew a lot about Ted Bundy before watching this documentary, um, but he like he worked for like um, the Violent Crimes Office in Seattle and he basically learned like how to uh, like commit a crime and get away with it because of the lapse in communication between different police departments. Anyway, um, let's play the trailer for the uh, Zac Efron, uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile trailer. Uh, that's coming out later this year. Just debuted I, at Sundance. I really, really hope this is the actual trailer because I just now looked this up. That guy's been staring at you all night. What do you say we get out of here? What is it about this guy? When I feel his love, I feel like I'm on top of the world. There are things you don't know. Hi, officer. I think I must be lost. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmare. I am innocent. You don't actually believe this garbage, do you? It's in all the papers, Ted. Ted! Monkey! How did his name get on that suspect list? I want to come see you. I was really hoping you'd say that. This case is about catching a monster. Ladies and gentlemen, I am that innocent suspect. You are skating on thin ice, partner. The media has convicted Ted before he's had his day in court. I'm gagged, and you're not. I wonder whether he did it or not. I'm more popular than Disney World. Did you do these things? Absolutely not. Get back to plotting my escape here. John Malkovich, Lily Collins, Zach Efron. I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be incredible. Uh, I think that I just want to see how they portray the story, especially after seeing this documentary. I learned a lot of things. Um, in Florida, if you propose to someone while they're testifying um, in court uh, and they say, yes, you were actually legally married by the state of Florida. I learned that during the documentary because oh. Ted Bundy proposed to his girlfriend who was um, he was cross-examining because he he uh, was his own defendant in his case um, in the Chi Omega murders. He got married to this lady, Carol Booth, Carol Ann Booth, um, and then they had a kid. Ted Bundy has a daughter who's still alive that is in the United States. Crazy. So if you guys haven't checked it out, check out the Ted Bundy files on Netflix. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. Fantastic. And uh, stay tuned for Zac Efron's portrayal of America's most notorious serial killer. I'm really, really looking forward to that Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie now after that trailer. I, I'm I'm just going to admit it. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. Zac Efron only stars in gold. Baywatch, Neighbors, Neighbors 2. Right. Charlie St. Cloud. 
Dude, the problem is like Is this is this the first time that Zach Efron has played a Mormon since uh, high school musical? Did he not <laughs> uh yes. <laughs> Dude, so okay, this is my problem with this whole thing. He, it's almost like he's the hero of this movie. He's this a is, terrible person. Yeah, this is American 2019. He's a hero, <laughs> which it's sad to say about the state of he's like, things in 2019. He's like jumping out a window saying, like, I'm going to plan my escape. And then he like winks at the camera. Like, what the hell? <laughs> he's a horrible person. That's the best part. Yeah. He well, here's the thing is being. the media has made it so these villainous people are now heroes. These anti-heroes that we like glorify like you look at like tony soprano walter white that's true um don draper yeah don draper horrible person i love i love don draper and i mad men's the greatest television series of all time but second greatest don draper was not a good dude no he was not a good dude it's a top five oh we're gonna have to argue this on another pod we'll we'll have to talk about this on another pod but no i think that just because of the way that more media portrays people um He's going to be glorified in this movie and deified, and uh, people are going to be tweeting Ted Bundy the goat and stuff like that. When he, really he was a horrible human being, um, the things that he did to women were horrible. Um, and in the vein of Bird Box, hashtag Ted Bundy challenge. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, By the no. way, the goat could stand for goriest of all time, is still apply to yeah. Ted Bundy. Yeah, that, that very much would. Mur- I think would. murdered 36 women in six different states. So, Ugh. wow. Yeah. Escaped Ugh. from prison twice. Um, in terms of uh, serial killers, I mean, I, he's definitely the most infamous serial killer in United States history. So, um, yeah, but yeah, check it out. Uh, really interesting uh, documentary on Ted Bundy. Well, that's all the time we have for today, chillins. Um, thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemi Mooley Jr. And we are joined by Sean Theodore Walker. Peace. And Zach. It's a wrap. Thanks, guys.